Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off the board. Welcome to Off the Board Sports. This Saturday, February 10th, yes, Super Bowl Eve, as we got the big Super Bowl game tomorrow, as we all know and everybody has been talking for the last two weeks. But we got college basketball first here, and we have been red hot. We have been hitting at a astounding 66 percentage. We have both been hitting our free picks and on our paid service. If you have been listening to us, we also got five free picks today. So we're going to be giving you those out as also covering the best college basketball games. And who is on upset alert? There are a lot of ranked teams on the road and some bubble teams that have to do some work today here as well uh we're gonna be getting into those and our thoughts as also as the big baylor kansas matchup as well but juan let's get into your first free pick of the day no more uh wasting time here let's get right into it yeah it's gonna be going to the big 10 i really like this matchup michigan state at home against illinois top 10 matchup it seems like 65 percent of the teams today ranked in the teens are in the top uh, 10 are on the road today so we're going to see a lot of good games a lot of to home with court advantages, and certainly Michigan State. They need this one. They're 6-6 six and six in the Big Ten. You saw when they played at, in Illinois, that game was in within three points. Michigan State, they had their chances to win that game on the road, came up short. But, you know, Illinois, they didn't have their leading scorer, Shannon Jr., and they really struggled at times to get to put the ball in the net. Now they have him for this game on the road. The line is favoring Michigan State because, again, it's pivotal how they play at home. Every college team does. They're 11-2. Illinois struggles away from home, 3-3. Three and three. But um, I like Michigan State. I think they're going to be needing a big game from the three guards. We know what they're capable of doing. They have the talent, Tyson Walker, uh, Jordan Aikens, and, of course, A.J. Hodegaard. And then you need some uh, production off the bench. You know, they're not as deep in years past. You still got Zeko down low, Hollerman. Um, you need you still have uh, Hall of the Ford as well. They're going to have to really match up with this Illini team because they're big, they're physical, they have length. With uh, Shannon, 6'6", like I said, at the guard. He's very uh, dull threat, what he does on the offense and defensive end. But you talk about Illinois. They have another guy who they brought in in the transfer portal in the state of Illinois, uh, Domstad. This guy has had six 20-point games for the line already this season. Yeah, him and Shannon's a one-two duo. Then they have Hawkins, of course. If you can limit those two, you'll be okay. And I think in this environment, early game, Michigan State needs this one more. They win this game by three. Yeah, speaking of a team that needs a big signature win, it's out of the Pac-12. It's Colorado, who is 16-7. and seven. They got the Cats coming in here today. And I love the pick here with Colorado at minus 125. You saw with Arizona, they had a tough game in Utah. Three-time overtime game. Looked like they were in control that first half. Utah came back storming in the second half. And like I said, three overtimes later, Arizona was able to pull it out. But... Uh, we look at the first game they played this season down in Tucson. Yeah, Arizona blew them out 97-50, to but that was without the two of the best Buffs players with Tristan De Silva and Cody Williams. Uh, the Arizona had a big advantage at the forward position and in the size and rebounding in that one, and we all know how good they are at McHale Center. Now we go to Boulder, and this is a tough place to play. you got to worry if the Cats' legs are going to be there early on in this one. And like I said, Colorado 13-0 have not lost there. I think Colorado gets back on track today. 
They find their feet, and like I said, the emergence of Cody Williams, a lot of people think he can go number one in the draft, and you also get Tristan De Silva, a guy who had size, he can step out, shoot the three, and of course, you got the great Garden Sampson, who can do so much for that team. Uh, I like Colorado here. Like I said, you just got to worry about Arizona in the spot here, uh, playing a, a very, very tough game in Utah, but again, they're an experienced team. They're getting better defensively, uh, even though they were allowed 100 points, but like I said, Hadley, Lumpkin, uh, I like Colorado here at home. A team averaging 80 points, a team with size, and they play so much better at home. Night game, that's going to be a big advantage for them with the crowd there in the student section in Boulder. I like Colorado here at minus 125. Yeah, that's a good point there. That's a very good game, very underrated game in the Pac-12. But, yes, let's keep it going here. You know, we have a lot of games here on the Saturday on the eve of Super Bowl tomorrow. We're going to be breaking that game down thoroughly with our three prop bets each as well as we're going to be breaking in some breaking head news yesterday chip kelly not going to be ucla's coach he's going to be going to the big 10 and he's going to yeah. be joining the ohio state buckeyes as their offensive coordinator you know a lot of people like this move because it never worked out as a head coach after he had early success in his coaching career i mean i like it i think now he has a, a, a offense he can maneuver more athletes and now you're going to the pack t- t- Pac-12 slash Pac- uh, Big Ten. No, it's the Big Ten. The, yeah, well, you got a lot of Pac-12 teams there now, so now he's very familiar with those teams. It's four teams. But, yeah, anyways, back to my point with Chip <laughs> Kelly. I think he gets Ohio State's uh, offense back on track. You know, it wasn't working out with their previous coordinators. Now Jason Day and him can collaborate and come up with a, a good uh, scheme with this offense for the 2024 season. Yeah, I totally disagree with you. You know, you look at Bill O'Brien, who's been all over the place from Alabama and offensive coordinator, now to Ohio State didn't pan out, never won anything besides his stand in Alabama, but and New England, of course. But uh, now you got Chip Kelly coming in, and yeah, let's just face it, that UCLA thing was a total failure. I said it would never work out there. I was right on that. Uh, now he's coming into offensive corner into a Big Ten. Better conference, one of the best conferences in college football. Now, and I know you got the four teams coming in with USC, Washington, Oregon, and of course uh, UCLA. But uh, Juan, you got to understand that this guy is going to be facing better defenses: Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, and he's just not equivalent to coaching against those guys. You saw this guy's a great offensive mind coach, but when he faces great defenses that you saw at UCLA, he can't figure them out. Uh, I think Ohio State has all the talent in the world like they do every year. Uh, horrible, horrible signing, in my opinion. I would have went in a total different direction than other than Chip Kelly. He's old news. Get somebody else in there. Yeah, I disagree with you. I think you, know, you could get this offense. You know, you never had the athletes on UCLA. If you, you had plenty how, of athletes. If you look how their offense was ran a year ago, it, it just was very discombobulated at times. They didn't know what to run. You've seen it. Um, if they were more of a running team, more of a passing team, the quarterback was a true freshman. But when you have the athletes on Ohio State, this is going to really develop into something else. And I really think that's what's going to happen next year for Ohio State. Like I said, it hasn't worked in the past with another coordinators. I think Chip Kelly will get this team back on track. But let's get into our next, next topic, Marco. Yeah, going on the college basketball, Juan, you said there are a lot of ranked teams on the road. You got Wisconsin at the rack today. You got Alabama down in the bayou. You got Creighton at the Excel Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Again, we got the Auburn going down to Gamesville. North Carolina going down to Miami. Houston on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, which one of these teams are most uh, likely on upset alert today? Yeah, it's going to be going into my second free pick since we're on this topic. Yeah. It's going to be Tennessee, the 16th yeah, in the nation, Tennessee, going yeah. to A&M. 
You know, A&M's home court advantage is electric. Uh, one of the toughest in the SEC. The fans are right on you. It's going to be rocking there. You know, Tennessee, this team is a lot more improved from a year ago. They have scores. That's what they got in the transfer portal, getting Dalton Connect. Uh, he's going to be a nominee for player of the year. This kid could just put the ball in the net, 20 points per game. They did have a 20-point score a year ago. And you have the big boy down low, Aldo, Ziegler, Josiah, Jordan James, Vesevi. And then you got Ganey, Matchek, and Awaka off the bench. This team is deep. Tennessee has always had deep teams. They do it in a variety of ways. But A&M today, again, they have been a disappointment early in the year in some of uh, those neutral tournaments. Now they have their chance to get a, a quad one win, a top ten win against a very good Volunteers team. You know Tennessee last week beating LSU, beating Kentucky. But today I think it's going to be all A&M. I think Wade Taylor, Terrence Radford, and you know, A&M's not as deep as they have been, but, you know, they need Coleman the third. They need Solomon Washington to hang it with the bigs of Tennessee. If they can do that, I, I expect Taylor and Radford to do what they always do, drive, penetrate, kick it to the sharpshooters, and they can shoot the three ball, and they're very good. I, I like uh, A&M at home here. This line started at three and a half. It's down to one and a half. A lot of money coming in the Aggies. Give me the home dog. I, I think this is their spot for them today. Yeah, I think that makes sense. A&M had a lot of expectations. They kind of really struggled early on in conference play. Now they're finding it a little bit with Wade Taylor and Henry Coleman, like you said, as they're sitting there 5-4, and four, and it's a big one. If they want to try to get up in the standings of the later on of this month, it's going to be 6-4 and four if they get that one today. Uh, Bama's got a tricky game in the Bayou, like I mentioned earlier. That you never know, going on the road, rivalry game can always be tricky, but... Uh, in course, you got South Carolina. Everybody's surprised. It had to be somewhere at fifty to sixty to one to win the conference, and uh, they're sitting right there up at the top of it as well. But uh, for me, I'm going uh, for my second free play of the day. I'm go- excuse me. I'm going. Um, I'm going out in the in the Bayou, like I said. I think Alabama. These two teams met a couple of weeks ago in Tuscaloosa. Alabama has been surprisingly very good. And, you know, one of the best, most efficient offenses in the nation. Eighty nine points per game. Their defense. Getting better, uh, they got to get better there. But they got really two good, three good guards, and you know, Rylan Griffin is the one that six uh, stands out at six ten. He can run point, he can shoot the three at a high percentage. He's shooting it at forty percent. Of course, Mark Sears, the veteran guy, and all the games that he played at at Ohio and Alabama. Aaron Estrada, another experienced guy that came over from Hofstra this year. Uh, but I like Alabama in the size here. You know, like I said, this uh, point spread sitting here at one sixty five. LSU's got a couple of questionable injuries with Jerry Cook. Uh, like I said, rivalry game. I think Alabama's offense is better, more efficient. Uh, I think I'm going to take Alabama minus uh, five and a half here. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky game. You talked about a couple weeks ago when they played. It was high score in 188. And uh, you talked about Alabama. They, if they're not making their threes, they can have an off game. That's how their offense is ran with yeah. Nate Oates. That's how they thrive in these uh, games. So um, it's going to be all about the three-point shot for them. If they're making them, if they're not, um, it could be go one or two ways. Um, but we'll see. LSU, um, early game, um, Alabama might be looking forward to next week. Um, you know, they had some tough games against Auburn early in the week. They have A&M next week. And then you got Florida, Kentucky. So um, I don't know. I don't know if this is a, the right spot for Alabama today. But we'll find out. 
Um, like I said, the three-point shot will be so key in this game. But uh, any more thoughts on the college basketball slate? You know, again, we already talked about the road plethora of these games today. Yeah, we also got an underrated game, non-conference game, but you got the Gonzaga Bulldogs. <laughs> When's the last time they have not been ranked at this uh, low in it, far into the season, 17-6? and six. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're a bubble team right now. They need a big win. They don't have no quad one wins. Uh, Kentucky, we know how explosive they are on the offensive side. Uh, line right here is minus five and a half to the Cats at home. Uh, the Bulldogs, I've been saying it for years about Mark Few, is that he cannot win in the NCAA tournament. He cannot win the ring 30-plus years in Gonzaga. He plays in one of the weakest conferences of anybody. That's been the criticism I'm in. And everyone say he thinks he's a great coach. He's tied first in college basketball history and winning percentage at 83.3. Uh, but at the end of the day, he has no rings to show for it. He has a couple of Final Four appearances. He's had tons of talent up there in uh, Spokane. Uh, he gets a lot of transfers now. Like I said, Grandma Kaye, uh, that's the big guy for them with Watson. He also, always have had great guards, top-line guards there at Gonzaga. Uh, but somehow can't win against the big coaches in the tournament, like I mentioned. Now he's going to go up against John Calipari here on the road one. And uh, like I said, these two are explosive offenses, mostly uh, 84, 89 points per game, 50, 49% from the field. Uh, do you see a track meet here, Juan? And do you think uh, the Zags can finally get a signature win on the year? Yeah, well, if you look at Kentucky's last three games, at Vanderbilt, 109-77, yeah. Tennessee, 103-92, versus Florida, 94-91. They've just been going up and down with you. And, you know, this ain't the Kentucky team we're used to seeing when they get after you on the defensive end. But Calipari, I'm not sure what's going on in his mindset. Certainly they have their... Uh, points at high points this year and they have Do you think the Zags experience with the two forwards uh, can cause problems for the young uh, guys and young talented freshmen of Kentucky uh, at that spot in this well, game? Well of course they can cause problems. You just talked about their yeah. experience how their style of play, their physicality you know, yeah. Gonzaga's defense is not bad yeah. I mean they let up 67 points per game but they've had games where they uh, didn't perform on the offensive side themselves. You saw the game against St. Mary's when they were upset at home. Uh, Graham Akai uh, down in the post can do it some work. Uh, John Watson as well. And you got the guards, Hickman and Nimbard. They can uh, put up 13 and uh, 12 points for you each game uh, yeah. in this magnitude. And you got some guys off the bench like Huff. He's a sharpshooter, gets 10 points. You have Greg as well as in the talented freshman Stormer. But, um, I'm really looking at this game, and, I mean, I know Mark Field, everyone uh, thrives about the coach that he is, but when you talk about most of those wins coming in one of the weakest conferences in years past, um, I don't see it. I never saw it. And um, if he can't win this game, he'll never be an elite coach, in my opinion. You know, the stats are going to be looking good. But, again, we talk about no championships, a couple Final Four appearances, and right now Gonzaga loses this game. They're going to be needing to win that West Coast Conference champions because um, they have no quad one wins. They're, they're on the outs. I mean, and when's the last time we ever had Gonzaga in a tournament? It's been nearly 20 years. So um, those are the points of this key, key yeah, in this game. But I think Kentucky at home is going to be too much. I think they have to get back to their identity. I keep saying it week in, week out with this team. One and more I haven't top. seen it. Yeah. they got to get back to defense. It all starts on the defensive side. And if they don't do that today, Gonzaga can get out. They can get push the tempo, and they can make them pay. Yeah, one more. Uh, well, sticking in the West Coast Conference, Juan, what did you think about this St. Mary's Gales team early on in the year? 5-5 five and five, winning at Colorado State. They've reeled off 11 in a row. They're undefeated in conference. And a conference, they have some pretty good teams. You look at San Francisco, nineteen and six. Santa Clara, fifteen and nine. 
Uh, you got some teams that can put up some points, but a lot of people thought are around Moronga, California, that Randy Bennett could have been let go early on in the year because this is a guy that's been in the NCAA tournament, haven't won. Uh, but to get off to a start like that, I don't know if anybody was expecting it, but like I said, what a turnaround. 10-0, 11 in a row, top of the conference right now, beating, beat Gonzaga on the road like you mentioned a couple, couple a week ago or so. But what a uh, performance from this Gales team. Got to give them credit. Yeah, well, I always have been a fan of St. Mary's. You talk about defense. So while this is a team yeah. that knows defense year in, year out, you can count them uh, to play on the defensive side. And that's what many teams get away from. But they stick to the course. Their offense will come along. You know, they have Mahaney and then Moraculous. And then, again, you got the big guy down low, Saxton, Jefferson, and Dunkus. This team is deep. They, don't, they won't wow you with their athleticism, but they, they can uh, make the, the way their offense is ran. It's a system. Um, and they yeah. do a lot of cuts. A doesn't lot really of work in the NCAA tournament, but it's uh, to ha- or hasn't been in the past well, years. But, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, this team, uh, we saw early in the year they were getting blown out against teams. You saw against uh, Davidson. You saw against uh, some other teams. Yeah. Uh, it was just not pretty. But when they fixed it up, Boise State got them early in the year. That was a big one for them, as well as some other teams. Missouri State as well beat them. Yeah. Um, so those are early losses, but this team has been on a, a will heat streak. They have not lost in the West Coast Conference. Uh, one of the most impressive wins when they went to San Francisco and beat them by uh, 17 points, in my opinion. And then you talked about Gonzaga. That really one more, weird. yeah. But um, this team is dangerous. I mean, let's see if they can uh, close out the year strong. And um, you know, they look like they're going to get them a large bid. But you know, like I said, Gonzaga, if they lose this game against Kentucky, they don't have many quad one opportunities left. And um, they're going to certainly need to play their best in the West Coast to- Conference tournament. So it should be interesting. Yeah, it certainly should be. And we got one more topic: one, the Mountain West here. Four, three teams sided seven and three. Two teams, uh, half game behind them, but uh, what a conference this has been all season long. Yeah, it's been exciting. We've had exciting games. We've had blowouts on home court advantages, then the other team returns a favor. Uh, but Juan, UNM right now is seven and three. Utah State seven and three. Like I said, Boise State seven and three. The uh, Boise and Utah State will be matching up later today in uh, Logan. So it should be a fascinating game and an entertaining game. Yeah. But who do you see pulling this uh, regular season Mountain West uh, conference title out? Like I said, four or five really good teams. Don't count out Nevada. You can say there's six solid teams here. Yeah, well, you look at the Mountain West. This is certainly going to be a conference to watch next year with no Pac-12 in either college basketball or football. Well, yeah. So this team is this conference is what I'm looking at. It's going to be more new of the Pac-12 because yeah. this is very competitive. They have not been competitive over the last 15 years. Last ne- two to three, they've been very good. Last, exactly, that's my point. And now you're looking at uh, this uh, conference. Uh, you talked about, you got, if you look at the standing, you got Nevada. Well, six there, solid six teams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Nevada's been a little bit inconsistent. San Diego State. I'm going to go top five here with New Mexico, Utah State, Boise, Colorado State. Well, they're all going to have San 20 Diego wins. State. Yeah, they will have 20 wins, but Nevada has a lot of wins in, in non-conference. Yeah. They only have six wins in conference play and four losses, so that's what I look at. And I think Nevada's really hitting their wall with uh, Alfred, as he usually does as the head coach. But, yeah, the record looks good, but in conference play, it's not so impressive in my mind. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, they've had a couple of top 25 wins. They've been in TCU, and they uh, they killed TCU uh, in Hawaii in the, over the tournament. But that was early on in the season. But that had to be a, that was a very good win for their resume. Christmas. Yeah, it was a Christmas tournament. But, Juan, uh, that's going to do us for us today. Yes, you got our four free picks here. You got mine. I got Alabama minus 5.5. I got the Buffs at home minus 125. Juan has Texas A&M as an upset as well. 
And who was your uh, second free pick? Michigan of the- State. Michigan State, as well as home. Uh, join us for a big 45 one-hour show tomorrow covering the Super Bowl. We got props. We got who's going to be the difference maker, X Factor, winner, MVP. We got all that coming tomorrow. So join us here early on tomorrow morning at Off the Board Sports for a big Super Bowl Thank preview. Thank you for listening to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.